Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm happy to have you here. Our mission is to make you a smarter and more educated sports better, and I have a great show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Now, we have a great show planned. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. My guest, well, you know him. He's John Murgis. But, John, we don't talk about the past John Murgis very much. But Rob Mish did an amazing article on John for the Chicago Sun-Times. And John's on the line to talk about that. Tom Brady, maybe a little Super Bowl. And we're also going to give you another winning pick at the end of the pod. John, what's happening? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm recovering from the weekend in Vegas. How about you? I'm still alive. Me too. Yeah, you know what? This is a funny thing that you say that because people say, how do you know if someone's honest? And I say if they work for the boys, and I work for the boys, you work for the boys, we're still alive. Yes. I know that sounds bad, but the truth is there's no gray areas in the underworld that we do anyway. And... John was a bookie for those guys. Talk about that article. It was amazing. Rob Mish did a great job, by the way. Uh, he's such a talented writer. He he gets the essence of the story, and the way he's able to put it together is just amazing. Um, it started off as when Rob uh, first contacted me. He was interested in um, the Bears' uh, 86 Super Bowl win and, and how much money, because we were in Chicago, and – Rob knows some of my past working as a bookmaker and for that organization um, with a number of bookmakers. Um, and so it, 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 it just transcended into from the Bears and the overlay and everything else to more about me and my experience. And I was happy to share it, Phil, because, you know, as, as you know, because you've gone, you know, had a similar past in your, in your younger days. You know, all these guys are gone now. Yes. Um, when I was in my 20s, and these guys were in their 50s and 60s. I mean, they've been gone for such a long time. So I felt it was it was um, it was okay to to talk discuss you know about working in the warehouse with <laughs> card tables and folding chairs and a leaky roof and and and, and um, you know recorders on the phone so you can record the guy's bet in case there was a dispute um you know going in there i I had a friend that introduced me to to this you know to to sports betting um as far as working in the sports betting industry um when i was about 
19 years old. And it was just the experience at first, you know, I was just a newbie, you know, I went in there, answered phones and, and then it, it started to, you know, build into getting my own clients or getting a client list. And, um, it was, uh, you know, the, the overlay of money, how we contacted other cities, guys that they were working with. You see, I was just basically, that was our end of it, was sports betting. You know, the other stuff that went on, we, we kind of read about it in the papers like any, everybody else. Sure, we heard some things, but you didn't, you didn't know what was true and, 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 you know, what was it. But the sports betting was real. Um, and it, as I was, um, as we were talking about earlier, um, just you and I, um, it started off with an article about the Chicago Bears in '86 and how that how that game was bet. You know that that line came out at like ten, ten and a half in Chicago. Um, you know we only started taking bets on that game game day. You, you know, you know right, the old course. school. Yeah, 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 yeah. You call in, and I mean, I'm in that position now. I want to bet the Super Bowl. I'm gonna. Sure, have some friends get some some money down for me early um, when I decide if I am going to take the uh, the Rams at four and a half going to five. Now we'll see what happens. But going back to the um, the bookmaking history, um, everybody was betting the Bears that day. Everybody, their mother, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, everybody. And so we actually took a line that was ten, ten and a half. And got it all the way up to thirteen and a half. They wouldn't stop betting the Bears. Right, I remember that. Yeah, it was like that in Vegas too. And we got crushed. I mean, you know, one thing that I don't think came out in the article was that um, because there's only so many words that, uh, and Rob's very gifted to right. put to condense a what I call a life into as many words as he had to work with. It was amazing, but man, we were upside down in that game pretty hard, and a lot of people liked the Bears. Um, then you know the whole country was betting. It was almost America's football team that year. They were a likable bunch of guys, you know, McMahon and the Fridge, and you know that just unbelievable defense. But um, the line should have come out as we look back. As I look back, it should have came out at like you know thirteen and a half is where I think we ended up at. I mean, it never got to fourteen. And it, maybe it should have. Maybe we would have got some New England money. Now, on the other hand, I remember a lot of, you know, the, the uh, you know, 86, I'm still, you know, working the phones, right. dropping off money. You know, I'm still a young guy. I'm mm -hmm. 23, 24 years old. So I didn't, maybe 25, but um, I didn't have the, um, I had experience, but I wasn't, you know, they had line managers, um, guys that would look over your shoulder and look at your sheet and see what kind of bets you were taking. Um, a lot like today, you know, guys were told, hey, listen, we don't want your action anymore. That wasn't didn't happen often. It, it kind of goes back to where you're, you know, they actually banned guys by just telling them, hey, we just don't want your action anymore, guys that, that were winning. But we kind of tail guys. You know, I had my own book who was an independent guy. There was two ways to do it. You could be an independent book, but now you're responsible for your own payouts and collections most of the time, unless you're affiliated with the organization. Right. And so those guys paid basically a street tax, and they operated individually. And 
And my guy, who's probably gone now, was a bread truck driver in Chicago. You know, Chicago's famous for their Italian beef sandwiches. Right. And he worked for a company called Ganella Bread. His name was Jerry Gasparini. So by day, he was a bread truck driver. During baseball season, he had a guy that worked for him. But on football, in football season, um, he was my book, you know, because I couldn't bet in the office. They didn't allow that. Just like, you know, you can't bet at a sports book in Vegas if you work there. Right. Well, some some of the same rules applied. Mm-hmm. And so I had to use an independent book. And uh, I had a partner that I bet with, good guy. And uh, we crushed this guy because we were. T- I was tailing a guy that was um, – really hot and a pretty sharp player back then mm-hmm. and so i would tail his picks and then i'd call my guy um it was I, I can remember i don't remember i mean the first cell phones i i had when it was a bag phone i didn't use it for that but I'd, I'd have my phone with me but you know we all had like rotary some guys had rotary phones because all we were doing was answering we weren't really calling anybody right right you know, I don't. I think you know there was some touch tone phones. There were no computers to speak of when you know they first came out with the Macintosh or whatever. Yeah, a guy, the accountant, the guy that kept record of wins and losses. It was an actual guy, just a, a, a numbers counter. You know what that old that old uh, uh, paper calculator whatever they call that thing. I mean, it's so old and he would keep track of the numbers and then we'd watch, you know, and in the article, I mean, that's the truth. Guys would stand at a whiteboard chalkboard. I mean, it was, you'd think that it was, you know, this really high tech operation and it was probably as low tech as you could get. You know, lefty, when he did the start a sports book, it was based on those boiler rooms that he used to run. And with all the operators, technically, who now became ticket writers. Right. And then the rule about no sports bet. You're not betting in this book. No. You can bet somewhere else. And that's something that you said, too, about, you know, you knew who they were. Right. But you didn't really get into what they did. Right. And, and the same applied for me. You know, I remember these guys fondly because they treated me completely different. I wasn't on the wrong side with them. Right. I did tennis and they would come personally. Nikki, Frankie, all those boys, Tony, they would all come down. If they had someone coming into town, say that, for example, their wife wanted to hit with someone, they would come down and ask me, what's your schedule like tomorrow? Cause I got a guest for you. I want you to take care of it. You don't charge them, just come and get it from me later. Stuff like that. And I say, of course I'll do it. But when I realized who they were, it was after they got arrested, to be honest. Right. Because I didn't believe a lot of this stuff because that wasn't the experience that I had. You right. Know, I had an experience where guys were, I was a kid, 18, 19 years old. Right. And these guys were schooling me in the right way. You know, stay away from the broads, they would say. Stay away from the gambling. Stay away from the nightlife. If you can do any of those three things, then you're going to survive in Vegas. Do your that's job so true. and that's it. No, that's so true. The guys in Chicago were really big on no flash. None. No, no, no flash. You know, you don't drive a new car. 
you don't you don't wear you know gold chains and you know some guys did you know and they couldn't control some of those guys but the but what i remember seeing the old timers walk in is, is you know they would drive pontiacs instead of cadillacs right you know, the movies, you know, make it appear as though these guys were flashy and flamboyant. They were the exact opposite. Um, you know, they'd water their lawn when they get, got home. They'd water their bushes. They lived, they tried to live um, just as regular Joes to keep the attention off of them. Well, why would you want attention on you if you're committing crimes? I never understood that. And, you know, they used to laugh. They'd be in the bar laughing about the New York City guys. <laughs> Look at yeah. these bums. They're always in the news. They always want to show off how they're criminals. They don't there's no humility there. Keep your head down. That was what really broke up the Las Vegas connection because they didn't, you know. They got a little carried away. They didn't follow a lot of their own advice about staying away from drugs and women and whatever. And uh it is what it is, but this article, you need to, the link will be in the show notes, and I completely, one hundred percent, suggest that you read this article because, like we said before, he and John and I have had similar experiences. I never took book for them, but I know all of the same guys he does. And the funny thing is, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I was with someone who remembers when John was in Chicago <laughs> because he used to go and pick up the money every so often. Yeah, and. He, the first thing he said, I said his name. He goes, you mean that little Greek boy? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of a skinny boy, guy. I'm a good boy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, still yeah. Alive. <laughs> well, you know what? I learned how to keep, keep keep my mouth shut. It was, like Ooh. I said, it was just sports betting. But, Phil, as you, well, you know well as I do, sports betting was terrible. Guys were arrested, went to jail. Um, Joe Spa yep. uh, ended up dying in jail. It was my my dad's brother's wife's brother. So he wasn't actually my uncle, but it was my aunt's brother. And I, it's in the article. I, you know, I did see him the day before he went to jail. But, I mean, the, the man died in jail, and his main job, he was, you know, bookmaking boss, one of the yeah. bookmaking bosses. Taking sports bets, man, would, would, would get you in the federal penitentiary. He never came out alive. Yeah, you know, he was in there and he died. a bit there, boy. Yeah, I mean, and, and so nowadays, and, and, and as I told Rob as I was doing the article, I don't mean to seem so callous about it, mm -hmm. but and, and I think I've become more callous as sports betting has, has become just so accepted. You know, back then, if you told somebody, well, you know, you know, I work in sports betting or whatever, it was totally illegal. People looked down on you. Well, of and, course they did. Yeah, yeah, of course they did. There was a stigma attached to that. You know, you're taking book, you're making money off these people's illness and this and that, a lot of things. You know, the interesting thing, too, is you bring up the fact that guys were locked up for uh, bookmaking. You know, in Vegas, when I lived there, if you possessed, even got caught with a joint, you were done for a year in a county slammer. And now you can walk out to your casino, turn left or right, and go buy one over the counter. <laughs> oh, man, I get it. When I walked on Fremont Street... Right. I, I I get a buzz. I'm like, wow, it's just in the air. I mean, people are having fun. Um, it's just it's just a whole different world. Vegas is still great. Yep. It's, it's just so different now that, you know, 
legalized marijuana and you know you always had the other vices we don't have to get into them but it's always been a fun place to to hang out i, I love vegas you know I, it's my goal to eventually move out there even though it's going to be 83 here in florida today beautiful day right, right. it's raining like a dog here but you know again this article is fantastic 100 percent accurate of course rob mish is a terrific writer and that link will be in the show notes. And you know what? Maybe periodically throughout the spring, we'll tell you more stories about our time working for what they used to say is the boys. Because I have a good one from this weekend. You know, I ran, I'll tell it now. I go up to the buffet at Bally's. For, where I was there for the National Handicapping Tournament, the NHC, for Scotty Fiedler, who comes on the show on Fridays. And I, I'm standing in line for the buffet, right? <laughs> and this guy looks at me, and I'm looking at him. I say, you look familiar. He goes, yeah, kind of you do too. And I went, the flash is in the house. He goes, you used to teach my daughter over at the DI. <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, you know what? When you were here, the boys were running things. It was so much better than now with these corporations. Everything's all about the bottom line. It's not about the customer having fun anymore. It was just interesting. But uh, we'll do that as we go. But Tom Brady retired. You know, Adam Schefter reported like two days before that this was going to happen. Of course, Brady wanted to announce it himself. He said it didn't, and then he retired. And what are your thoughts? Because you booked back in his day when he was, I mean, you made book while he was a quarterback. What's, what were your first thoughts about Brady finally hanging it up at age 44? I was shocked, actually. No, Phil, I, I, I knew it was going to be time. I just thought that I took him on his word that he wanted to play um, in, into the age of 45 and he'll be 45 I think August 3rd we share the same month and birthday so I expected that Brady would play one more season um, you know I have a lot of friends here because I live just you know less than an hour south of Tampa that are season ticket holders and you know they're they're upset um, and but you know it's it's no surprise I think that the Buccaneers have a you know, the Glaziers own Manchester United. You know that, mm -hmm. um, the, the family. And Malcolm's dead now, but the two sons run Man U, which the people in England aren't happy about because Man U's, you know, although they're playing pretty well this year, I don't follow English soccer like I used to. Yeah, I but, um, you know, they'll spend the money. Now, they're going to take a cap hit for, for some money from Brady still, and they have hardly any cap space available. So a guy like Evans will have to probably – they'll have to move him on. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers come to Tampa um, I, or Russell Wilson. That's or I was thinking Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the, that's the interesting one for me too because a lot of people speculate that Garoppolo will be able to come right in and do some of the same things that Tom did because he was his understudy for so many years in New England. That's so true, and it seems like a natural fit. Now, it doesn't appear, and I haven't seen anything like he hasn't got it, but Leftwich saying, you know, and I agree with a lot of people. I thought, you know, maybe the guy deserved a chance, but what has he really accomplished? Um, when Jameis Winston, when he was, uh, when Winston was under the tutelage of Leftwich, I mean, he threw 33 touchdown passes and 30 interceptions. So Leftwich really wasn't the answer to, to tutor um, Winston. 
But then there's talk about Winston returning to Tampa. Now, if Leftwich is, is, you know, the coordinator, I don't know if I like it as much. Um, I do think Russell Wilson does have some years remaining. But out of the three, Wilson, Rodgers is, is a long shot. Green Bay will do everything they can. Guy's going to be MVP to keep him, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that Garoppolo would be the smart choice. I mean, he's... You know, still got a lot of good years left in them. Um, the Buccaneers probably can t- keep their defense intact. But, you know, the thing is, Phil, Brady didn't have it so bad in Tampa. I don't understand he wanted to retire and spend more time with his family. But, you know, he lives, gosh, 15 minutes from the stadium, 20 minutes in a, in a, in a nice area. Um, it's beautiful in Tampa. Mm-hmm. You can ask anybody from up in your area what they think. They're all here. Right. <laughs> For a <laughs> lot mean, of reasons, yeah. Oh, Phil, I've never seen it. I mean, this is this is Sarasota, Florida. This is not Tampa or Miami or Fort Lauderdale. It's Sarasota. It used to be a small – when I moved here in 95, and you know the reason. Um, can you hear me okay, Phil? Yeah, of course I can. Okay, sure, yeah, sure, great. Sure. Um, no, just something came up on my computer. Looked like the mic was on. Anyhow, when 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 I came down here in '95, it was a small resort town. The windows on Main Street, which is like the main drag, which is all high-end stores, they were boarded up, and it's just grown into Fort Lauderdale, and a city that I love to live in so much. The traffic is horrible, everything else. But anyhow, going back to Brady, he didn't have it that bad. I mean, he was close to home. You know, when you practice, you go home, you spend time with the kids, everything else. I can understand the guy wanting to spend more time with his family. And if you want to talk about a guy, I mean, let's – all right, he, he didn't win the Super Bowl. But, man, look at those stats. Most yards this season of any quarterback. The touchdown to, to interception ratios, amazing. He had one of his greatest years stat-wise ever. So, you know what? If the if his plan was to walk away on his terms while you know and his last season being this good, then God bless him. He accomplished it. You know, the he came to Tampa. He came to Tampa and won a Super Bowl his first year here, and then and that was just to show that hey, he didn't need just Belichick to do it. He could do it with Bruce Arians, who you know I respect the guy. He's a decent coach, but. I know there's there's a, there's better coaches out there. Sure, but you, you know don't need to, you don't need to be a great coach if you have a great player. Yeah, Bel- Belichick proved that. Um, you know, it was pretty. <laughs> More than you know, yeah. Do you know what stands out though? I was looking. There's so many statistics we can go over, and so many records that he set. Yes. But the one that is most impressive to me was, and this is the playoffs. The most postseason touchdown passes to different players. 34 touchdown passes to 34 different players. Isn't that amazing? He wasn't a one-trick pony. He didn't have just one guy. He could throw to anyone. You know, he made people look good. Scotty Miller almost turned into the Danny Amendola because he damn near took over that last game, but it just didn't happen. But what a great career. And, you know, I see people that some – idiotic tennis people who think that Tom Brady didn't have a great career compared to some tennis players. And I, and I can speak on that. Sure you can. And I'm going to right now. I'm going to end this all. 
if you're talking about apples and oranges, okay? Don't talk about athletes because I guarantee you if Tom Brady wanted to play pro tennis, he could have. He's a real athlete. Now, I'm not saying that the tennis guys aren't. Forgive me if you think that I am because I'm not. But don't compare your favorite tennis player to Tom Brady. And don't compare Tom Brady to your favorite tennis player. Don't try that argument. It doesn't fly. It's two different worlds, two different sports. And Tom Brady is the GOAT. And to disparage him by using a tennis player is just stupid. So stop it. Because the tennis guys know and the football guys know. I don't want 300-pound guys chasing me for 22 years. I'm sorry. You know, no. I'm sorry. And that doesn't happen in tennis. So give it a rest. But, you know, we have been so hot. You and I, our Big Ten picks especially, that's the only ones we really make on this show, uh, have been uh, – we're undefeated. This oh, yeah, we haven't lost. I was going to mention – we have not lost yet. And... We have not. No, go ahead. Get it. Get it. <laughs> yeah, no, we yeah, we can break. But we have not lost. Yeah, granted, it's only been uh, a handful of games. Who cares? But we, but we haven't we, lost. We like to pick our spots, Phil. Uh, damn right. That's what professionals do. Yeah. We throw 16 games at the wall and hope some stick. Although the Wolf Line newsletter, we have a few games, and we do a few games on the show, different kind of thing. But we were going to do the Iowa-Ohio State game tonight, but that's been canceled because in Columbus they're having an ice storm, snowstorm, another Armageddon, week in and week out, it seems. But we do like to talk about the Big East, and yes. we got a good one tonight. We have the St. John's. We have the St. John's Red Storm, I guess is what they're called now. They are a five-point away favorite against the Georgetown Hoyas, and the total is 157.5. Now, since we were going to talk about three game, two games today, we can spend a little more time on this one. Yeah, two two really great teams. Look oh, at Georgetown yeah. at six and thirteen this year. You know, it's kind of strange because the Big East, you know, for years being a powerhouse, um, you know, and, and and just to see teams like to see a team like Georgetown just just fade like this and and not be able to recruit the the, the good players, um, they've taken a st- a major step down. Right. Um. Last time these two teams played each other was back, back. It was just this year, as a matter of fact. Um, St. John's crushed Georgetown by 19 points. Now, it's funny that the total is 157.5 because in that game, they scored 157 points. They'll pass the previous game. Um, I'm, I'm really looking, and I think that would be my bet tonight, is that these teams can't play defense. Um, although they can't shoot the ball either, without playing defense, you're going to have some open shots. Hopefully they can put something together, but I do like the over. Yeah, I do too. Um, we, you know, this is one of these two teams. It's amazing to watch. St. John's is fourth in the in the college game in tempo, or how you would call it, pace in the NBA. Yes. And Georgetown is 47th in tempo. This is going to be a fast-paced game. And, and the other thing, too, is that Georgetown has one of the worst turnover percentages in the college game. And one of the things that St. John's does well is score points off those turnovers, like 18 points per game. Yeah, they do, yeah. And yeah. That's, a big, that's a big number. Now, uh, Georgetown allows 15 points off of turnovers per game. So you're, gonna look, you're looking at possibly 20 to 23 
points just off of Georgetown's turnovers. Now, St. John's, they have a lower turnover percentage than right. Georgetown, but they're 214th in the league in, or in the college game in turnovers, which means they turn the ball over a lot too. And Georgetown, they only score 11 points per game off of turnovers. But here's the fun part. St. John's allows 14 points per game. So you're looking at about 40 points tonight just on turnovers alone. Georgetown is 27th in the college game in three-point shooting percentage. St. John's ain't far behind at 34%. Obviously, the Georgetown is pretty good. And one, being ranked 123rd in the college game is above average. We're looking at two teams who can score, like you said, but their defensive ratings are awful. St. John's defense is a little better, top 100, according to Ken Palm, Kenneth Pomeroy. Pomeroy, I'm sorry. Who we both respect immensely. Immensely, yeah. I, I, he's one of the few things I like to subscribe to and don't get upset because I spent the money. Exactly. You know, these breakdowns are great, but this over, it does look reachable based on the tempo of the game and the fact that neither of these teams are going to be interested in playing defense. I don't care if it's the fifth time they play each other. They just oh, don't right. play defense, do they? No, they don't. And you know, the funny thing about it is St. John's, where you think these kids, you know, Big East basketball, 339th in the country in free throw percentage? Come on. You got to hit your free throws. Um, but, but, you know, tonight's game, I mean, there's a lot of games on the on the slate. But this game stuck, you know, kind of stuck out to both you and I because it's a Big East matchup. And I like the Big East, Big Ten, ACC, and SEC. Um when it, you know, I I met some guys and talked to some guys. They like to candy cap. I talked to a, a good guy yesterday, and he can go from one to three sixty eight. You know, and and look at all the games. I just find that you know, I like to look at the games as you do. They kind of jump out at you, and then and then from there, kind of like you know, narrow it down because I don't like to play more. I don't like to bet more than three. Maybe I'll go five games on a on a slate, mm-hmm. you know. And for college basketball, I usually like to break it. Three's per, the perfect number for me. And there's no formula to it, Phil. But as you know, I, you know, there's a better chance of going two and one um, than zero oh and three. And even if you go one and two, one one and two losses, you're still not getting hurt. Last week, as you probably, I tweeted them out. I took KC in football minus the seven. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but then I came back with Frisco plus the three and a half. Oh, nice call. Yeah. So I mean, um, I ended up losing. I had twenty five hundred dollars on each side that I tweeted out. I ended up losing two hundred and fifty dollars to the book, um, which is fine. I'll pay the juice. But boy, would I have loved to have hit that five G's. Oh, but, man, I had the Rams on the money line. I ended up losing because I had Kansas City. Right. But like Scotty, we were sitting at the table, and he, he goes, Kansas City first quarter, Kansas City first quarter. And he took the uh, he took Cincinnati um, and the points for the game total, so he hit both tickets. Right. And that was really good. We had, Like I said, we had a lot of fun out there hanging out with my boy, and it was fun. Um, but that football weekend it was tough. I think the line was pretty good. And a uh, very sharp line. And we've got these other things coming up next week. You and I will talk about the Super Bowl. We'll have even more Ooh, yeah. information. Hopefully the line stops by then, stops moving by then. But you know what? This has been 
another fantastic time spending time with you, John. Thank you so much for being on this show with me. It's my pleasure, Phil. I always enjoy being on the show. And you know what? I'll I'll have some nice prop plays for us next week. That's what I'm talking about right there. And we'll have a Big Ten game if the if Mother Nature cooperates. Or because, two. Or two. Or two. <laughs> but we'll but seriously, when you listen to what John said, you should. Now he's a guy who made a living taking your money. So you should probably listen. And when he says two to three games, okay, he might have a couple of little things going on around the corner, and that's a different issue. But he's only interested in really one or two or three games on any given slate because he understands the percentages of winning. And that's something that you don't take lightly when you hear things from a pro, especially someone who made a serious living working for serious, serious people. Taking sharp, your sharp dressers too. Sharp dressers, a lot of them. Oh yeah, yeah, and big, <laughs> you know what? And they all seem to have bruises on their knuckles. You know, they all didn't. They had some of them had the biggest hands in the world. But you know, a lot of us, you know, what my attire was. Those remember those old Adidas uh, track suits? I sure do. Oh, those were really big back in the day. But they you were. had to have the Adidas shoes to to match and everything else. But. Um, I have to dig one up and take a picture and send it to you. I know I've got it in, this, in a box somewhere. I kept right. some of my old, my old uh, mob swag. You know, it's funny because I was, I was sponsored by Nike, so I get all my stuff for free. But when those guys would wear those Adidas sweats, and only Chicago guys did that, Yes, the Adidas ones. That's how you could kind of tell. Yeah. The, the New York guys, they would wear those whatever. I, I don't know. Get it we look like a bunch of like Chuck. Chechen or, or Serbian rebels, you know, I mean, you know, those, those Russian fighters, even the Russian mob guys, I mean, the Russian mob guys, not to say I know any, right. but you know, they still wear the Adidas track suits. Yes, it's they, great. You know what? I can, I can verify that because when I was in Greece, I used to, well, let's just put it this way. The only people who ever hired me to do that kind of job because it was, it occupied a, a hotel suite and right. it had a lot of perks to go with it. We're guys of that nature. And, yes. and that's one thing that they did. Those When I was in Greece, I would see these Russian guys wearing those old Adidas things. But I was so jealous because they were cool to wear, right? Oh, they, they were great. So great. But I'm sponsored by Nike, and they don't have those. It didn't look the same. But then I started to think, maybe I don't want to look like those guys. Maybe I'll just be me. <laughs> nah, that was probably a good idea. Yeah, Keep especially the there. When, when, when I got there, they were just starting to get really abused by the police and you know um constantly harassed and whatever i guess the uh money they paid to the politicians <laughs> wasn't oh, as, yeah. wasn't worth as what it should have, what it used to be or whatever but man what a great time and what a great story that john has and you can find that over on the sun chicago sun times the link will be in the notes and rob mish if you're listening well done dude well done you can find John over on Twitter at Merges John. And I suggest you follow him because he tweets it out and he's straight and he's got lots of legitimate people who retweet it and give him advice and he's giving it out to others. And that's such a great thing. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thanks to PlayUp for sponsoring us. Head on over to PlayUp.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. All picks made on the show are tracked at BetStamp. And don't forget the Wolf Line Sports Trading Newsletter. It'll be out later today. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, 
My mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.